So look at it from today's approach. What do we need? How are our bodies different? But then how can we also stay true to the tenets of the six tastes and the doshas and the chakras and all these amazing sources of wisdom that come from Ayurveda? You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. I guess I could just only do one at a time, I think. Well, actually, that's a lie. <laughs> My motto was used to be always have backups. It's kind of fucked up. Oh well, that's going to be on the our next bag at our event. It is always all hustle, no luck, and, my and then Taylor, no backup, all back. What we would it? always say, always have backups. Always, <laughs> I always had backups till Justin. I was just telling Krista about um, a guy that just texted me out of the blue that w- was looking for a podcast on on iTunes and came across ours. Just looking at the top charts, and he, he and I like kind of saw each other for a hot second right as we were starting the podcast. And it was just Krista and I, and I was probably oversharing and he was like freaked out. I wasn't sharing about him. I was like, just talking about like family or whatever, like oversharing. I forget. And he was totally like weirded out and just like pieced. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, wow, I'm so happy for you. That's incredible. Like you guys are killing it. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> he's really sweet, but I was just like, cool. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a fun full circle mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> it's funny too. Like... <laughs> Like, why is he reaching out to me? Yeah. And like, do you need, it's like so many people need other people to validate people before they validate people. Like, it's like our, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you what weren't if you, successful? Yeah. It would have been like, oh, she had this weird podcast. Mm-hmm. And now it's because it's so successful. It's like, I mean, that's like that situation with that girl. That was, we had a situation. There was someone mm-hmm. um, in a, in a circle, you know, that I'm in and, talk shit on the podcast at the very beginning Mm -hmm. and now wants to be on the podcast, be on the podcast. (laughs) So, you know, it's like what, what you needed everyone else to like see something and then, or or you don't, I guess they don't, I don't know. Well, I think it's a, and I've been, I, I think as I get older, like it's almost fun to see the potential in people or projects or things or whatever movements before people catch on. Totally. If you really tap into that intuitive part of you that knows that something is going to be greater than what it is now, it's actually really fun. It's Cause then you, fun. then you get to tell them, you're like, yo, I believe in you. And I can't wait until Ugh. you're like top of the charts. And I say, I knew you went or something. Like, you know it's what I mean? It's fun. just like, that totally. is so much more fun than just being like, mm, it's not going to make it. Totally. It's like when it makes it, I'm like, my job's done. Yeah, exactly. You got everything you need. I want to be there when you like, don't believe exactly. that you got it. And like, you don't think that it's going to be good and you don't to remind you why you're doing this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're not doing this because of everyone else. Hopefully. It's a, f- yes. It's like a, it's like a superpower to have that 
And I think we both have it where we can look at our friends. And it's funny because sometimes I can't do that for myself, but I can look at a friend of ours who's super talented. Say they're a talented photographer. We have a bunch of them. And I'm like, yo, yo, you need to shoot this brand and do this and do this. And not that I'm like pushing it on them, but I already see it. And I'm like trying to help them see it in themselves. But then at the other end, it's hard for me sometimes to see that in myself, but I, I'm definitely good at that. Totally. And you are too. I'm people's managers. Mm-hmm. Literally. That's why people say I'm their manager. Cause I see it before they can see it. I'm like, you're so good at this. You should do this and whatever. But yeah, that's so interesting. So you're going to text him back. <laughs> well, I did. I was like, thanks yeah. so much. How are you? Like, what am I supposed to say? Just for thanks so much sure. period. And then it just oh, like yeah. dwindled off and I was yeah. like, cool. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> he like liked the last thing that I said because oh! <laughs> I didn't ask so him a question. Savage, you know. I was just See, like that little thing, the little like liking of comments and shit is so savage. It's a thousand words, dude. Me and jo- it's funny. <laughs> it's actually fucking hilarious. <laughs> if Justin and I have ever gotten th- in a text argument, oh, I know. We'll yeah. start down thumbing <laughs> each other's comments. It's the funniest. Literally, so then we're arguing and I start laughing out loud because it'll be like, I don't really think that. And he's like, down thumb. <laughs> like, I'll be like, and then and then we'll go back to each other's comments and we'll start down thumbing everything. We'll be like, down thumb, down thumb. <laughs> and he'll, he'll, he'll give himself exclamation points when he wants to be heard. <laughs> so like on his comment, he's like, I, da, 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 da. He'll, put, he'll put himself with a thumbs up or an exclamation point. It's like the most childish thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's actually amazing to break up the seriousness it can, of a fight. It kills fight. me. I do start laughing. I start laughing my fucking ass off because he keeps amazing. thumbs upping his own comments and shit. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> nah, dude, Literally. thumbs down. <laughs> like no thumbs down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ooh, that makes me happy. Same. <laughs> um. So yeah. Okay. Um, We're wearing the same outfit, but like in a different version. Today. It's hilarious. We had an interview earlier today. I have long sleeves. She has short sleeves, but it's both black. I have shorts, she has jeans. Yeah, and they're all like ripped and and the person we were interviewing totally called us out on... What did he say? What are these? He he was like, so why are your jeans so ripped? Yeah, he's like, let's talk about your outfits. Thanks, dad. Literally, thanks, dad. He's like, I can see your butthole. That's my comment. I'm like, I say that. I say you can see your butthole. My shorts are so short. I don't think they're that short. I don't think they were either. I've definitely worn shorter. Same. These are like my conservative shorts. I just knew because my thigh was popping out of Yeah, that's why sometimes I can't fuck with those because my thighs like- Yeah, they just pop. It's kind of fun though to play with them during the It is like to push them in and stuff. (laughs) You're like, it's time to go. And you like push your thigh back. Yeah, you're like, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Today on the podcast, shall we? Yes. Sahara Rose. Our sweet, sweet Sahara. Sweet, sweet. Sweet, just sweet, beautiful. Pumping Sarah. out the most beautiful, dude. This book valuable is so books. Gorgeous. I'm like, uh, this book is gorgeous. She took that's another a, one. A friend where I'm. Oh, everyone knows. Everyone knows Sahara is amazing. But I just look at her fucking book. I'm like, do you even know? Yeah. Do you even know? When people are so in the process, I'm like, do you even know how gorgeous this book is? She took a risk by going to um, India to shoot. Um, the beautiful photography for this Eat, Feel, Fresh book of hers. Mm -hmm. Um, And she hired local photographers um, 
all over India and she didn't know if they were going to be good or if it was going to be like cool and chill and, and work well. And it, I mean, it was like magic. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the book. Oh my God. The colors. It's like emotional. Like, and the Oof. recipes are just so great. So it's bringing Ayurveda to modern times and making really accessible, easy mm-hmm. recipes that, you know, we can all use and kind of live more aligned to our doshas. Yeah. We love her. Yeah. Um, as always, Sahara Rose keeps it real. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's so fun. And she's so inf- like, she makes, you know, talking about all of that stuff, like very, we can do it today. You don't have to prepare. You don't have to read the whole book. Like you can start tapping into um, perhaps even more what your body needs through Ayurveda um, today, which is really awesome. And she's funny and she's beautiful, Mm -hmm. newly engaged. Mm -hmm. We talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, flying high. And just her, oh, and she interviewed um, Deepak Chopra on her podcast recently, which is a bomb episode. Go over and listen to it. It's really, really good. Yeah, she's such a good interviewer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll link that in the show notes too and then where you can buy the book uh, and then her Instagram and everything like that so you guys can connect with her. She's one of our gals. All right, y'all. Enjoy this episode. We will see you on the other side of this. See you on the flip. Bye-bye. Hi, sis. Hello, sister. <laughs> the homie is here. Like hanging with our... I know. Little, Feels good. Soul sister. Yeah. What's up, Sahara Rose? How are you guys? I can't believe it's been a year. Has it, it been a year? It's, it's been, been a year. Yeah. Actually, someone out. in the group, in the Facebook group, said something about you. People are still like hitting me up from that podcast last year. Really? I'm like, wow. That uh, went viral. <laughs> Dude, let me see what they said. It was really Well, sweet. yeah, because I mean... Work like this is just, it, it transforms your life if you let it. You know mm, what I mean? Like absolutely. it connects to more than just your physical body. Like it <sighs> connects to everything. Yeah. They go, hello, beautiful woman. It was Joe Taylor. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard of Sahara Rose? She teaches Ayurveda and has a podcast called The Higher Self. I stumbled upon it a few days ago and have been feeling called to learn more about it. Has she been on almost 30? Do you know more about this? <laughs> Love her. Do you know her? And then, of course, Susie Lawrence. Everyone jumps in. Yes, episode eighty. I know. And then Sarah. Sarah goes. She's been on the podcast before. Episode seventy one. Come on. And Ashley said, "Love her, and I read her idiots guide. I listen to her podcast regularly. She's the one who started me on my journey." Aw. I love it. So sweet. Well, I love the community you guys have built and it's like taking, I feel like people who are into like fashion, wellness and like taking them to that next level. Right. Mm -hmm. And like offering them like, so it's like a buffet of like, do you want like hormonal balance? Do you want to be vulnerable? Like, what do you want? And Mm -hmm. you can just like pick and choose and dive in. So Mm -hmm. thanks for offering this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're so, people are so much more than just one thing, you know? We have so many sides to ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like I'm want to learn about so many things too. So that's why the podcast is so good. And you know, and you do that too. For sure. It's so hard. Like these days, it's like, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they're like, I'm trying to build a brand. And they're like, I'm only going to be even like Ayurveda girl or like hormone yeah. girl or this. And it's like, how? It's like, we have so many sides to ourselves. What, and I we're not all the time. Yeah. I'm it's like, like we're not like so many mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like Pepsi can be like, I'm just Pepsi and like stick to those colors for the rest of their lives because it's not a human. But for us, we're like, I'm changing every five seconds, let mm-hmm. alone like, over the course of a year. So I think with humans, we put so much pressure on ourselves to create these personal brands when like, I feel like personal and brand are two kind of separate things. Totally. How have you changed over the last year? Oh my gosh. Well, last year, my first book came out and I honestly had no idea how 
it would do because it was my first book. Honestly, before it came out, I was like, well, I guess once this comes out, I'm just going to have to like get a job. Like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Like I really didn't know. And like my parents were like, okay, once you're done with this whole like book launch thing, can you get a job? I'm like, mm. okay, fine. What this were you thinking be- it would be? Like, I honestly didn't know I was thinking about becoming a real estate agent because that's what oh my, my parents kept telling you me to do. You honestly crush, but <laughs> I don't do it. I like was like, I'll decorate the homes all like feng shui and then like, I guess sell them, even though I'm going to be like, you know, I think you should just travel and not live in a home at all. Yeah. But, but I didn't know because I was like, I guess that's the only thing I could do that maybe I'd have enough free time to like keep doing my other stuff, right? Mm. I just wanted something to just do to pay bills so I could like keep doing what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of us, we get into, you first don't know what you want to do, then you it's what you want to do, like what Krista's episode was all about. And then it's like, okay, how can I like turn this into my full-time thing? So once the book came out, people started to read it and I was really scared. Oh my God, people are going to think I'm too young or this, that, all, all the fears that I had. And people were really receptive to it. And in fact, the things that I was afraid, like being young or being modern, et cetera, were the things that made people enjoy the book. And then from there, I began to just, yeah, like learn more about, okay, how can I take a book and create a program around it. So I created my program and then from there created like several other ones. One of them was doshas and dharma. How is your dosha, your mind body constitution related to your life purpose? Cause that was a huge thing I was going through. Yeah. And then like learning more about like the book writing process. I honestly thought once you're an author, it's like, that's just your job. And for people out there who want to listen to books, like I'm just going to be straight up. Most authors are not making their livings off books. In fact, most authors lose money on their books Mm. because it takes up a lot of time. You don't get paid a lot of money for it and you end up spending so much time and energy and promoting it. So you as an author have to be creative and figure out, okay, what are other ways I can create value? I had to really change my relationship around money because I was always like, oh, money, oh, scary. I don't want to think about that. And it's like, okay, no, if again, if I want this to be like my full commitment, I have to think about ways to create money and revenue. And again, that is creating value. So lots of inner healing work I've had to do myself. And then also like last year, um, like towards the middle of the year, my Instagram was still Eat Feel Fresh, which is the title of my new book. But I was blogging as Eat Feel Fresh for seven years. And sometimes when you're blogging behind like a brand name, you're like, I was, I felt like I have to keep posting up all these food pictures because that's what people expect from Mm, me. And that mm -hmm. was like holding me back to like a layer of myself that was only one part of me, but I had evolved since then. And a lot of people, they have those names. So they're stuck to being that person. So I made the switch to my Instagrams now um, at I am Sahara Rose. It's interesting. I wanted it to be just Sahara Rose, but mm-hmm. it's like taken by a dog, I think. So oh. did you message them and ask them to <laughs> oh, buy I'm it? like, I'll pay you $200, please give me your username. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that the universe kind of like put the name I am Sahara Rose. Like Mm. that's the name I had to take because it was truly an embodiment of like, this is who I am. Like I am Sahara Rose. That's a good one. So yeah. And it really had me like, like step up into like who, what it is that I want to do less of being a messenger of a thing. Oh, Mm. this is what Ayurveda says. I'm going to be the reporter of this, right? That's a really good way to start, but I don't, you know, there's two types of people. There's traditionalists and there's trailblazers. Traditionalists just keep on keeping up the old tradition, old tradition, which are great. They have a lot of value in society, but a trailblazer is to push through and to pass those norms. And it's going to come through some pain and some drama and all of that stuff. But that's the only way the society keeps on revolving forward. So for me, I would rather be a trailblazer than a traditionalist. Mm, you definitely are trailblazer. Yes, you are. I was thinking about... Um, 
two things. Like when you said about you being too modern and too young with your first book, it's interesting because what I thought with, you know, just my soul episode that what was boring because, you know, I think it's kind of just my life is very standard from, from my perspective, um, was what people resonated with the most, you know, cause they could see themselves in my journey and like what I've been doing and then related to your Dharma and dosha. So how is your dosha related to your Dharma? Yeah. So again, if people are like, what is she's just like talking in some weird language. So dosha means mind body type. Okay. And we're all born with it. We talked a lot about it in that last episode. So I'm not yeah. going to go totally in. I think it was 78. Did you guys yeah, say? 71 or 80. Check the almost 30 group. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we'll post it. Um, so your dosha is essentially your mind body type. There's three of them. Um, vata, which is air, pitta, which is fire, kapha, which is earth. So people who have a lot of air mentally are really creative, right? Like we may say a space head or airhead, space cadet, head in the clouds. So they have a lot of air. Like imagine just like a bubble of air floating above them. So because of that, they're really creative. They're thinking of ideas. They may be artists, eccentric, big picture thinkers. I think of them as like birds over society that's like able to kind of like see over yonder where like you guys cannot see. Mm-hmm but they may not be as good as executing it. So they can see that vision, like a projector in human design, I would relate to Vata, of being able to see a vision. Um, But again, they may not be that person who's gonna like lead the team on it, right? Mm -hmm. So- with all of that creative air energy in their minds, when that is not balanced, when it's not grounded, it can turn into a tornado. And that leads to anxiety, which I would say is probably the most common imbalance that I hear of which when you have anxiety when you're sleeping, that turns into insomnia. So think air thoughts. Um, Pittas are fiery. So fiery people, they're like ambitious, goal-oriented, hardworking, they're go-getters. But at the same time, when things don't go their way, they can snap. They Mm. can become feisty, right? Like even a fiery person, as we say, is like, you know, maybe they're hot-headed, hot-tempered. So they're like the kind of people who'll be like, honking at you in traffic, just a lot of like maybe rage if it's not channeled correctly. So ambitious, hardworking, determined, but also could be angry, frustrated, impatient, the shadow side of the fire as well. Then Kafa people are earth. So they are grounded. They're earthy. They're peaceful. Do you guys have people on your podcasts Mm -hmm. that talk like this sometimes? Do I, do I feel like this to you? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I can, but no, this is not my, my main one. Um, but some people, like I know Alexandra Roxo has been on your guys' oh, podcast sure, and sure. she oh, has a lot Kaffa? of that. Not her, not, she's not born Kafa, but like now Kaffa. she is, mm. she is behaving very Kafa. Like mm. she's all about embodiment, grounding, connecting, mm. right? That's so, and she wasn't born that way. She had to actually learn that, which is why she teaches mm. it. So Kafa people are like, you know, I think of Taurus, right? Like mm. the, or, um, the planet Venus, like Venusian people. So they're really like luxurious and they take their time and they're calm and they love to listen to people. I think of Oprah. Like Mm. Oprah is like, why do we love her? It's not because she gave like a killer speech, but it's because she has that ability to like sink in with you and just listen and like totally see you there Mm. Mm -hmm. and have spaces and pauses which is really hard for a lot of us. So that is the beauty of kapha. Um, but sometimes when that's in excess, you can get stuck. You can get resistant to change. Mm. You can remain in a relationship that no longer serves you or in a job that no longer serves you because it's just so much easier to stay put than it is to move forward. 
Um, and because of that, again, our bodies are reflecting of our minds. So you can gain weight. You're holding on to energy and that makes you feel more stuffy and tired and sluggish. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of what they look like more mentally, but in terms of Dharma, the word Dharma means your purpose, right? It's like, why, like, why are you here? Why, why is any one of us here? And it's not just one job. It's not just one criteria, but it's more of a soul path. And we're here for many purposes. You could be a mom, you could be a teacher, you could be this, 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 but it's like the essence and the vibration that only your soul can bring. And for each of us, it's different. And if you think about it, it's like the world can only become whole when everyone is like stepping up to whatever their, their gifts are. So some of us, you know, if you have kids, one of them's like more of an artist, one is more of an athlete. You know, if you have twins or you, you know, anyone in your family, everyone's naturally good at different things. So imagine if everyone genuinely just like rocked it at what they were good at, Mm -hmm. the world will fall into balance. So what I realize in figuring out my own dharma, like why am I here, is that it's so related to your dosha. The Vata people who are born with these like creative eccentric minds, they are the artists, they are the visionaries of society, like Steve Jobs. Like if you look at him, he's such a Vata, tall, lean, thin, creative, eccentric, like imagine this world with like iPhones. But also he was like, kind of crazy and sporadic and he wasn't quite there for his family and he had the shadow sides of the vata as well he was also a raw vegan he named apple after like an apple so there you can see it Mm. or like can you guys think of a pitta was pitta fiery fiery Mm. fiery celebrities yeah i'm trying to think of a fiery celebrity ari gold Ari Gold, totally. Yes. So he he has that pitta that he's like, he's a boss, right? Mm-hmm. But also he was like not there for his wife and he was always on the phone all the time. And this is entourage, guys, if you're like, what are you yeah. talking about? Cardi, yeah. like Cardi B. Like Cardi, Cardi B, B yes. She's pretty chill. Oh, she? Yeah. She just threw she, a shoe she at acts, someone. She so. was like Nikki. Oh, yeah. so Nikki? Yeah. Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. So She's they, desperate right now. Right. So they both have that fire. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is who I always think of. It's like, uh, she's like in her forties and she's dude. like slaying it. Like yeah. even her songs are like fuego, fuego. Yeah. Like, yeah. Her like totally. outfits are just like fire <laughs> coming out of her. Totally. So, so much fire, so much heat, so much passion. Like, and she's a Leo. It's like, hello, like you are meant to like rocket and be on stage and be a leader. Tony Robbins, Mm. right? He's like, you go to a Tony Robbins event. It's like a concert. He's like, clap your hands, stomp your feet. Yeah, literally. And then, but you go to like Deepak Chopra. I got a feeling. Yeah. (laughs) It's like those, like, it's like wedding party It's like, yeah, it's like, Mm. no, shake hands with the person next to you. Give him a massage. And I'm like, oh God. Like, you go. I know I haven't gone just watching them. I'm like, oh, I can't. Oh my God. I I do want to try it one day just to see what it's like, but he's I such a- I want to go if I can go for free. Right, totally. We're waiting for that. Tony, we're here. Yeah. Tony, if you want to sponsor me, feel free. He's like, join the wait list. Yeah, the million dollar wait list. But that's what he does. He has so much heat, so much fire, and mm. that's what attracts people to him. So Deepak Chopra though, he's super kafa in his like leadership. Mm. I mean, I would listen to his audiobooks. I love everything he has to say, obviously, but it would also put me into like a trance to a sleep. Like it is yeah. just so like calm and grounding and restful and mm. listen to your dharma. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, you're just in this Deepak trance. Totally. Um, but that's like the, the coffer there, just like, ooh, you just ground right in. Or Oprah energy, Robin Williams is a good example. Robin oh. Williams is making everyone laugh. He's always smiling, happy, happy-go-lucky, um, but at the same time, 
no one knew what he was really going through because that's what's difficult for cough is to practice their own self-care and share mm. what's going on for them. Mm. So Vata's their naturally creative, Pitta's their natural born leaders. Um, and then Kapha's, they're really good at like listening one-on-one work, coaches, therapists, even comedians, um, things like that. So everyone has their own purpose of being here. And if you just, instead of looking at what everyone else is doing, just tap into what comes naturally to me, that's going to be a really good indicator. Like you, Lindsay have, I would say more Vata in you. Mm -hmm. You're obviously a singer. You are a comedian. You are a performer. I just went to your soul cycle class a few weeks ago and it was a performance. It was much more than an exercise class. Mm -hmm. It's like the energy is there of a performer. And you also have a Vata body type, whereas you, Krista have more of the Pitta. Mm-hmm. where you're like, you're like making things happen like, mm-hmm. a, like a boss and you know, whatever you do, big you're, old bitch. <laughs> you're a massive you big bitch. Old bitch yeah. <laughs> um, but whatever you do, you're going to like be, you're going to not work for someone else. You're going to be yeah. the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the person that starts it. So, mm-hmm. um, so but we got these kapha cheeks. We have these, so you can be born yeah. with like characteristics of a dosha. Mm-hmm. Like you and I both have the kapha cheeks and more of the kapha phase, but our mm-hmm. personalities are not really kapha. Yeah. So that is just a level of kapha that we were born with. That's going to help us with anti-aging, mm-hmm. et cetera, because kaphas tend to have like fuller skin, um, fuller skin and less wrinkles, mm. but we're always like, so what do you do to exercise? Literally. Nothing's working <laughs> because kaphas with that glorious skin easily gain weight. Yeah, Whereas for vatas, they tend to not gain weight, but skin is a bigger issue. Yeah. And then for pittas, it's more of like, um, like acne and like mm. hives and irritations. Mm. Right. So again, there's no dosha that's better than another. Yeah. They all have their own shit and their own gifts and they can do a quiz on your website to figure yeah out, right? my website um i'm sahararose.com has a quiz you can take and we'll break it down um the dosha in your mind and the dosha in your body so that was your first book idiots guide Dari veda that's what we talked about like a lot on the first one and then like what was the calling that you got to write this book yeah so i actually turned in the proposal to write this book before idiots guide came out because to me idiots guide was like i we talked about this like how it happened on the last episode but basically I had written a book about Ayurveda before mm. and it was my modern interpretation. Mm. And then I basically got this book deal oh, from yeah. Penguin to write Idiot's Guide, which is like a specific style of book to write about like this ancient health system. So I still didn't feel like I was creatively fulfilled to write my own version. Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to just end it at this, like this book needed to come through. So before that book came out, like I just like, even while it was coming out, I was writing that next one. And then I really got the message to go to India to shoot all of the photography because I feel like a lot of people have this like view of India, which is like slumdog millionaire. And, you know, whatever you watch on TV, it's like, like sad and scary and lots of poverty and reds and oranges. And, you know, they have that view of India. And I wanted I to show of like tigers and jaguars eating people. Oh, really? I think you're they, thinking like, yeah. of Africa. Mm. No, because no. <laughs> they like encroach into the villages. Oh, yeah, true. There are Bengali tigers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So people, you know, we, when we think about other countries, we only have like one specific view. Right. And I just wanted to show the India that I had fallen in love with from living there. That was like bright and playful and colorful Mm. and different. And it was a representative of the Ayurveda that I was creating. That was like modern, different, unique, um, and blue. So I just really, I was on this walk and I was like, what do I want the cover of the book to look like? It's like, I can literally choose anything. And I just had this vision that came in my mind of me wearing an off the shoulder dress in front 
front of a blue house mm. um, holding a basket of fruits. And I was like, how am I going to make this happen? And then it hit me that there's a blue city in India. I had never gone. So I was like, okay, I need to go to this blue city and, and shoot this cover. And the publisher is like, we're not going to pay you to go to India to like shoot these photos. So I spent my entire advance, everything I made to go to India. I had again, no money for photographers. So I started to use uh, hashtags, India, like India photo, India, this India, that start messaging all these like young photographers, like 18 year old photographers and um, basically said, I'm going to come meet up with you. And I was about to just go by myself. And then Stephen Lessman is like, okay, you're literally going to like villages to like meet up with people. I'm going to come. Mm-hmm. Stephen's my now fiance guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came, he was sick the whole time, Aww. but we like went to all these like literal like villages in the middle of nowhere, meet up with these photographers, walk around and just see what happens. And, you know, people are so nice there. Like they would be like, oh, you have a camera, just come to my house. Let's cook together. Or I would see someone like had a cool like window on top. I'd knock on their door. I'm like, can I come up? They're like, sure. It's like, imagine that in America. Like someone knocks on my door. I'm like about to hyperventilate. (laughs) Whereas there they're like, yeah. So like all of the photos in the book were just moments in time that just naturally happened. Nothing was planned. And it was, you know, just so amazing um, because I had a lot of fear before it too of like, what if I'm going there and spending all this money and like the photos don't work out? I actually have no idea. What if these photographers don't even show up, right? Mm. Um, And I just had to totally trust, totally surrender and like just hope it's going to happen the way that it was meant to. And I got to go to villages where they still practice the same way as they did in Ayurvedic times. Like they don't have electricity, running water, nothing. They're like literally on the ground cooking in in, uh, cow dung huts. So I was like, in there with them cooking in the ancient ancient traditions, but then also telling them like, hey, have you guys tried like avocado pudding? And like trying <laughs> yeah. to like show things to them and they were totally feeling it too. And it was just such a beautiful cool. like cultural exchange. And it's like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be both side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Where do they get their water, by the way? There's wells and people go every day to the well and they wow. pick it up. They put the basket on their head and they go. And that's why like right now in Kerala, there were these massive floods, which, and the reason why it's such a big issue is because they don't have clean water. In where? In Kerala, South India, which mm-hmm. is like the epicenter of Ayurveda. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The photos are. Yeah, they're insane. Yes. Stunning. They're so good. So talk to us more about the the content like what uh-huh. what can someone expect from this book yes. what are some recipes yeah. yeah so i think what confuses a lot of people about ayurveda is well i'm a cross between two doshas or if it's summer and i'm a kapha what do i eat and like all of these questions like that and i know that was coming up a lot for me and everyone i was teaching it to so the time i had spent in india living with ayurvedic doctors everyone ate the same meal i'm like well aren't you going to make everyone something different for their dosha they're like no we cook tridoshically and what i learned is that tridoshic cooking is to make one thing for everyone that works for all three body types but you take out the foods that will imbalance a certain body type mm-hmm. so for vatas they tend to have bloating gas constipation and then the anxiety and insomnia. So for them, they shouldn't eat a lot of raw foods just because raw foods for them, it's too cold and dry. That doesn't mean no raw foods. We'll talk about this, but in India, they say like, don't eat any raw foods ever. Well, that's because you just can't eat raw foods in India because you'll get sick. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, if you notice you're super bloated after eating a salad, then probably a salad is not the best thing for you. If you do, you want to have it something warmer. So if you have vats in your family, don't just serve raw food. If you have a pit in your family, don't serve anything that's too spicy like uh, hot sauce, racha, like lots of Thai, Mexican food, et cetera, because that's going to be too heating. So if you're having acidity issues, acne, like 
inflammation, hives, et cetera. Like I remember last summer, it was right before the book was coming out. And I was like, like going to uh, boxing and spinning and all these intense workout classes. And then I was trying to, I was like trying to bring up my pitta. So I would like drink these like really spicy ginger soups and I would go to hot yoga. And then suddenly I just broke out in hives and my body was just like, this is way too much heat for you. Oh, wow. And that had never happened to me before. So it's like all of these things add up. So if you have a pitta in your family, don't serve anything that's too hot, too spicy. Um, As well as like coffee is not good for pitta types. Excess garlic and onion um, are not a good idea. So you want to do like more just like simple stuff and towards cooling. So it doesn't have to be raw, but it could be like steamed vegetables, right? So if you do, let's say, I'll talk about the bowl after, but so far between vata and pitta, you could do something that's not raw and not spicy. Now with kapha, they're supposed to do anything without dairy. Dairy is too like mucus forming. If you think about the qualities of dairy, it's like cold and it's sticky. So no mucus, um, no mucus, no dairy, um, (laughs) as well as no like, like heavy, like carbs. So breads and Mm. excess rice, et cetera, because that's going to make them gain more weight. So for them, they want to be doing more like bitter foods, again, vegetables, mm-hmm. and they can do some spices. So t- the way to make it work for everyone is to include the six tastes. Um, there are six tastes in Ayurveda. Can you guys name them? Bitter, sweet, sour. Salty. 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 Bitter, sweet, sour, salty. You guys are good. The um, other two are kind of hard. I know. It's, this is the hard one and I know what it is. It's... um. It's like something that we never normally have in like fermented foods or normally yeah, like, like it. It's like est- astringent. Astringent. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, astringent. you're like the first person who even got near and it. And then the last one's also kind of hard. It's a spice that you would know, but a flavor oh, that you would know, but um, yeah. Coriander. <laughs> what is the last one? Um, pungent. Pungent. Yeah. Ah. So everyone needs these six tastes. I should have done Max Lugavere, have her sit here for 15 minutes <laughs> when we did the uh, Genius Foods. Oh, yeah. Max Lugavere was like, so I've got Genius Foods. I was like, can we guess them? And he's well, like, uh, sure. <laughs> so we got him. We got him. That's After amazing. Like 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh my God. There was one he was like, oh, I should have put that in there. <laughs> yeah. So sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent. So, so what's you, a pungent? Pungent are things that are like spiced. So like turmeric, ginger, um, um, things that add flavor. Ginger. So yes, we all need them, but they're also heat building. So wow. we all need these six tastes, but certain doshas can like go harder on certain ones, yeah. right? So like a vata and a kapha should do more pungent because they're cold whereas the pitta should only have a little bit. Mm. A vata and a pitta can do more sweet, like sweet potato, et cetera, but not a kapha. So, mm. and I have them all listed in the book. You don't have to like memorize them, but I just say for lunch, have a six taste bowl. So for example, you could do sweet, sweet potatoes, um, sour, lemon, salty, some sea salt or some sea vegetables or mm-hmm. some celery, bitter, any kind of vegetable. You could do it steamed to make it tridoshic or roasted or mm-hmm. cooked in any way. Pungent, you add some spices to it or you cook it in some garlic. And then astringent. Astringent means to take in water. So any kind of legume would be considered mm-hmm. astringent. So if you think of kind of like a Buddha bowl, some, something like that is really easy and it makes it so much more simple instead of being like, am I getting enough macros, blah, 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 to be like, okay, do I have all six tastes in? And if you look for the six tastes, you'll be balanced. And the mm-hmm. reason why, you know, when I was a raw vegan and so many freaking diets, I would literally spend Friday nights on Pinterest and be like brownies and just like look. And I'm like, wow, this is such a good night. Just staring at pictures. You would just look at the pictures. Just look at pictures like food porn. 
And wow. and it's like such a common thing because my body was so craving something sweet. Mm. I could have just had some quinoa. I could have had some sweet potato, but I was like, no, can't do any of that. Just mm. only eating like bitter foods or like, you know, people just do salad and protein, salad and protein. Yeah. And then they're like, craving all the chocolate. Well, that's because your body needs some sort of sweet, some sort of carbohydrate for energy. Fats yeah. also like avocado go under the sweet category too, because they're building, huh. but you need some source of that. Otherwise your body's going to go to the extreme and try to get it in the most like over the top way. Right. Wow. Skinny dipped almonds. Yeah. Yes. Can't have those. So what is, remind me what is Ayurveda it's all vegetarian. Like what, what are the like views on meat and all of that? Just to remind our listeners. Yeah. So traditionally Ayurveda was vegetarian, um, not vegan. The reason why is because like in ancient India, cows were like really honored and revered. So they had a neighborhood cow and they treated it well and they would drink its milk and it was raw and like everything was fine. Whereas now it's not really the case and there's factory farming and GMOs and antibiotics. So for my book, I decided to make it totally plant base. So no dairy in it as well. Just because when I tried so many times to do all the ghee, I would just feel so heavy, so stuck, so sluggish. It was like just so intense. I also took out like, there's basically no rice in the book. Mm -hmm. Like it's like really plant-based because our bodies are so different from 5,000 years ago. Like they were farmers or like working outside all day. They could eat all the rice and all the bread. Whereas now we just can't, we live such sedentary lifestyles and there's hybridization of the crops. There's pesticides. There's so many things that they didn't have to deal with back then. So I call it alkaline Ayurveda. How can we include more alkalizing foods in there? Like load up on the veggies, add in superfoods. Like just because something didn't exist in ancient India doesn't mean it's bad for you. Mm. And I looked at, it's not just, the the recipes are not just Indian. I included recipes from like blue zones all around the world. And blue zones are places where people live like centurions Mm -hmm. past a hundred years. And what do they all have in common? And it's amazing because the guidelines are still the same, but the ingredients are different. Mm. So for me, Ayurveda is more of a way of approaching food, a way of looking at life. But I don't believe it. You only have to eat like the way that they did in ancient India, because a lot of the things made sense for that day and age, but it's different now. Like in Ayurveda, they say, don't eat food cooked that more than three hours ago. And if you think about that, they didn't have refrigerators. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, makes sense. If I cooked food in my hut and it's sitting outside in 120 degree India, it's going to go bad. Or they say, oh, this is a good one. They say, don't eat mushrooms in Ayurveda. And I was like, I love Four Sigmatic. Like, how can I not (laughs) eat mushrooms? I was actually talking to Tara about it too. And um, what I found and what he had found too is because when the British rule, so like the British were like ruling over India for a really long time, a lot of psychedelic mushrooms grow in India cool. and they didn't want people to ingest them because they could have them and be like, Oh my God, so messed up. You guys are like taking over our country. <laughs> my third eye is now open and like yeah. y'all gotta leave. So they wow. said wow. mushrooms will make you fall asleep. That was like the thing. So, and in Ayurveda, they call it tamas. It's like something that's gonna make you dull, tired, lazy, sluggish. So it kind of turned into this like orally past, like almost like an old wives tale of like, don't eat mushrooms. You're going to fall asleep and like not be able to wake up. Whereas that was just because of those psychedelic mushrooms. And the thing with Ayurveda is it's, it's so um, changing. It's a living science. It's always living and moving. So something like that could massively influence the way that people eat. 
So, but does that make sense? Like, no, there are a lot of mushrooms that are not psychedelic. There's a lot of like countries like in Japan that eat tons of mushrooms, even in North India, they eat mushrooms. So look at it from today's approach. What do we need? How are our bodies different? But then how can we also stay true to the tenets of the six tastes and the doshas and the chakras and all of these amazing sources of wisdom that come from Ayurveda? Mm. What are your favorite recipes in the book? Yeah, so favorite in the book. Yes. <laughs> so, um, well, what I love <laughs> I love making different like potions, as I call it, like just different like tonics. I'm a huge fan of adaptogens, which I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. have talked Same. about. Um, so, I love doing golden milk. That's a really good and easy one. I do mm-hmm. a golden milk paste, which is basically in a little jar. I put together coconut oil with turmeric, ginger, black pepper. Cool. And you can add some adaptogens. I like ashwagandha and shatavari. Shatavari is like the feminine form. Um, it's not the same plant as ashwagandha, but it has more female um, tonic like properties. Mm-hmm. The word ashwagandha means strength of a stallion. So it's like mm-hmm. was traditionally meant for like increasing penis. Right. Increasing mm-hmm. testosterone, more energy, even sex drive. Whereas the word shatavari means she with a thousand husbands. So oh. that was like, yeah. The, wow. The female get in your Shakti on. So I love both. Put it in a little jar. The reason why you want coconut oil is because turmeric is more absorbable by the body when paired with a fat. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you want black pepper in there is that also makes it 50% more absorbable. So I'll put like a little... A teaspoon of that in my like hot water and add a splash of flax milk. I try to not do nuts. I found out I really overdid the nuts as a lot of vegans do because it's in everything. So I'll do flax milk and have this, have an electric frother and make this really frothy, delicious golden milk. So love doing that. Um, I love doing like for breakfast, a really easy breakfast is just like I bake a bunch of sweet potatoes. And then for breakfast, I'll just have some sweet potato with sunflower seed butter and cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Like I really easy, takes no time, cheap, affordable for dinner. Oh my God, there's so many, but there's a really good sweet potato crust pizza. And the crust of the pizza is made out of sweet potatoes and oats that you blend up with spices yeah. and it comes out and you can put different like vegetables on top. Is it sweet? No, Whoa. it's like, it's because of the oats in there. It's just like a little bit, but the the sweet potato kind of just makes it mush together more. Whoa. So yeah. do you bind... That sounds so Like, good. do you bake it after? Like, do you, you first you'd bake the- bake the crust, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's super good. And all the recipes Yum. I like talk about, what are the six, I, I mentioned what are all of the six tastes in there. So then you could also like, for example, if you are a pitta, you can add more bitter vegetables on top. If you're a vata, you can add more sweet vegetables. So it's the same recipe for everyone. And then you can do little variations for your dosha. Mm. Love that. You are so smart. What's the crystal you're holding? Oh, this is an aquamarine. Helps with communication. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's cute. Yes. Let me see. So you brought this Never. here so you could communicate well during our interview. Yeah. It's Since working. it's so hard to talk to you guys. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. working. <laughs> um, so now that you have the book out, like, are you feeling, like, what does it feel like? Do you feel more, like, I would imagine if I had a book in me and I wanted to write it, that I'd feel anxious to get it out. But now that you have it out, like, how does that feel? Yeah. Well, with any book, it's honestly like having a baby and a lot of the journey is before. And then when it comes out, it's just a different involvement of it. Right. So for me, I 
the book is going to come out on October 2nd and I'm excited to share it. But you know, you, you keep on going. Like I'm already thinking about the next book and the next projects I'm working on. And for me, food is not the end goal, right? For me, food is that thing that you do and you do well. So it's where it takes you. So I really created this cookbook so you don't have to think about food anymore. So it's like, that can be the one thing to like kind of scratch off your list and you can take that energy towards becoming your highest self and doing the things that really fill you up. So even in writing this book, I had to cook so much that I was like, wow, someone really could spend the rest of their life like cooking and worrying about food and stressing. But like, is that really what I want to do or anyone you know, if you're a chef and you love that, go for it. But, you know, I've been in the food world for so long that I can also see how it can just be like a trap, right? Yeah. You're just cooking and thinking about food, thinking about food. And it's, and for, especially for women, right? We spend so much time stressing and worrying about it that it keeps us and it holds us back from things. So for me, I look at Ayurveda in terms of everything. I look at in relationships, which we can talk about and how different doshas like vibe differently with each other. I look at it in terms of business and how different entrepreneurs are good at different things, how you can market to different doshas. Like for me, it's just this like cool language to look at everything in life. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about like doshas and love? I know you just got engaged. Like how do you, how has that helped your relationship to kind of look at it that way? Oh my God, for sure. So yeah. So the way that each dosha loves is different. Um, and you have to really kind of know what your lover is and also what you're looking for. So before I was in this relationship, I knew I wanted a pitta guy. I had dated a kapha guy in the past and he was just too chill for me. Like, you know, just, he wanted to stay home all the time and like smoke weed and watch TV. And I was just like, I just couldn't because I have a lot more vata in my personality. So mm -hmm. I was like, let's go, let's do things. And it was just always like, I felt like the mom, like dragging him around. Mm -hmm. I was like, I so never want to do that again. So I was like, mm -hmm. I want like a pitta, like not someone who's like, maybe as like, first I tried to date the conscious kind of guy and that didn't work yeah, out. What was that like? It was just a lot of like talking about our feelings, which Damn. I didn't want to I need, do. I need to hear this. Yeah, like a lot of. I mean, I had this idea that like, oh, like a conscious evolved man, and was it cool ever? Like for five seconds. That's why it's I like, run in LA. Anytime it's like overly conscious, I'm like, whoa, uh -huh. this is too much. Yeah. And it's also like, <laughs> is it conscious or are you just exactly. like using this yeah. word in this like man bun to That's like pretend you're point. someone you're not? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So like I met this guy at this cacao ceremony and I was of like, course. wow, this I is so it cool. Is. <laughs> yeah, and like my shamanic teacher, I was like, I oh my God. <laughs> no, you for, he like lives in the fucking jungle. Oh, okay. um, and then we were like, the first day we were like, I love you. And it was like, there oh my go. God, because we're so conscious. We have no blocks and we can just say how we feel. And after like, <laughs> like a weekend, I was like, please never call me again. Like yeah, you're so, really cause it was just like so much, just like, like breathing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like eye gazing. I'm like, stop staring at me. Like, <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I suddenly felt like the man. Cause he was just exactly. like constantly like, like wanted to like, femme. like, so how did that feel for you? How Ew. is this for you? How does your heart? I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to like Ew. move on How's with my life. Yeah. So I tried the conscious guy that didn't work out. And I was like, no, I really want to pit a guy. Cause I'm attracted to a guy who's like ambitious and hardworking and like, want like knows what he wants and is going to go get it. And anyone who's like that in his life is going to be like that in his relationship. Right. Like a coffee guy who's not working hard for his like job or anything. Like chances are, he's not going to be like chasing you either. He's mm -hmm. just going to be like, Oh, whatever. It's, it's all good. 
but the Pitta guy has its other side too. So finally, like I created this man. I literally drew a picture of what I wanted. What's like his age? What do we do for fun? What do we do on the weekends? Like everything I wanted. I meditated so deeply on him. I won't go into the whole story of how we met, but basically I created him out of thin Mm -hmm. air and he showed up from Bumble. That's how I met him. The first person I met off Bumble was him. And here I was like, this is literally the guy I drew on a piece of paper. And now I see the other side because now we're engaged and it's been like three and a half years. And I see, for example, like he'll get like, for example, the dog had a bunch of knots on his legs. So I just decided to just cut off all (laughs) his hair on one leg (laughs) because like the knots will spread. So for me, I was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like I'd rather not have his knots spread. And he just has like one short haired leg. (laughs) And like that was not okay with him. And he's like literally freaking out. So I was like, babe, your pitta is so out of balance right now. Like you need coconut water like please like stop stop stressing pranayama like everything like my mom is like complaining like oh your brother's not like going out and like making new friends i'm like it's because of his kapha and like it just it just helps me understand yes. things and understand so for example now i know when he gets like really frustrated about like stupid things like me cutting off the dog's hair um it's <laughs> actually just his pitta it has nothing to do with me no but yeah, like less than <laughs> but and it just and it just helps you understand and see even in your friends relationships and other things like you know why would someone cheat I think like almost everyone's dealt with that but mm-hmm. you know why a Vatif would cheat is maybe they're like curious or oh what else is out there or like someone's intellectually stimulating them whereas for a pitta I feel like that's like out of like revenge. they want yeah revenge or you know they felt like they weren't getting the attention they wanted or just passion like it's just a passion and then they don't care like a lot of that heat for a cough I really feel like they won't cheat they mm-hmm. actually know I'm wrong. They can cheat. Um, but, <laughs> but for them, it's because that other, like someone approached them and they're like, oh, I couldn't say no. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it yeah. just, it just happened. So it, it just like really opens you up to like seeing just the different like multi layers of relationships and how we can, you know, first decide who we want to be with and how we can interact in situations that we're already in. Yeah. And how have you made, um, this is my last question. How have you made your, like what you're doing a business? Cause I'm sure a lot of people see you and they're probably like, that's amazing that you wrote this book and you were going to go back to work and then you made it like your life and now you are doing your own thing. Yeah. So I think with like, I mean, for example, if you want to work in something like writing a book and mm-hmm. information, um, which we've talked about too, you have to have different ways that you are creating value, right? So what what is something that people would pay for? Well, there's a lot of free information out in the world. So if you're just throwing information out there, um, that's a really good way of getting people interested. But how are you going to actually help guide them? And that's what people will pay for. They'll pay for you making it easier for them, you making it, yeah, pretty much just more simple for them to take action on. So something like creating a program, let's say you're teaching something, you actually created a program, a step-by-step approach, or you are offering obviously like a consultation or you are doing a webinar series or something like that, that they can't just get for free, um, that they are able to seek value from. So I've done so many kinds of programs from 
like four week webinar programs to like longer term automated programs, et cetera. And what I've always found works best is the more like interaction there is with the people you're helping, the better. Because, you know, we've all bought programs online that have like, you know, you just buy them and you get sent the videos and you never watch them. Right. But for example, my doshas and Dharma program, I, the first time I did it, I was the one coaching everyone. But the second time I trained three of my students to become the coaches. So then they were doing the small group coaching. And now I have like more people who are able to be coaches. So you mm. like, you're able to teach what it is that you know, and this is the way that anyone can really monetize. Like if you're just one person doing that thing, let's say you're a massage therapist and you have like an amazing massage technique and everyone loves you and everyone comes to you. Well, what happens when you break your hand and you can't do the massages anymore? How are you still going to monetize? And the way is to, instead of holding on to that technique, it's to teach that technique to other people, mm. maybe create mm. your own brand name around it. And then teach them why, why are you getting all these clients? What are you doing differently? And then they can start doing that and they can pay you like a monthly fee to, to be using your brand or pay for your training, et cetera. And that's how any brand grows and continues. So the first step is obviously figuring out what you want to do, but how can you make it bigger than yourself? If it stays with yourself, it's only going to grow this big. How can you create like a movement, like almost 30 nation? It's a movement. You guys have ambassadors in different cities. So that can turn into, they are leading other people and that can Mm. turn into like, like multi-tiered business. So creating passive income, helping more people, being able to benefit people when you're not personally involved. There's a lot of power in online business, a lot of power in video. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do a lot of like in-person stuff, which is great. But imagine a room of 12 people. If you had recorded yourself online, I can guarantee you, you'll get more than 12 YouTube views, no matter who you are. And then from the YouTube video, you could say, hey, click this link and I have this free um, give gift for you. And then from there you start emailing them and you say, I have this program and you start with like, maybe the program is $20. And then from there, it's like another one that's like $80. And then from there, it's like 150 and you create something called a funnel. And then that leads them up to creating, um, like a relationship with you. A lot of people jump the gun and they're like, I'm going to offer my thousand dollar program. And it's like, well, if they haven't ever spent money with you, they're not going to jump to a thousand dollars. So yeah, learning about, you know, this is something else that I teach in my, um, doshas and abundance and that sort of stuff. But like, how do you create content? How do you create, um, a funnel and what truly is passive income? Because most of us, when we really wrap our heads around how powerful passive income can be, we're like, oh my God, why am I not focusing on it? We're like so scared about learning the online business stuff. But when you realize like how much time it opens up for you, it's like, it is worth the time to study. Yeah. Genius. All about Genius. that. How can everyone connect with you if people are new to the podcast and hearing from you? Where can the first they get time? the book? Worth yes. Yeah, where can so um, the book is Eat, Feel Fresh. You can get it on my website um, on IamSaharaRose.com. I also have a quiz that you can take, which will tell you what your dosha is. It tells you your dosha in your mind and body. That's also um, IamSaharaRose.com. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram is the same. Have a podcast, Highest Self Podcast, which I've had you Dude, beautiful ladies on. Dude, episode with Deepak. See you later. Oh, did you listen? So good. Dude, I listened on the beach the other day. I was like, yo. So proud. So proud of you. It was beautiful, like so well done. Mm -hmm. And it was funny when you were like, did you say in your intro or did you tell us like he was like so, he was like channeling. So he was like kind of looking off. Totally. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. And um, people listening, it's like, you know, Deepak Chopra was someone that I never even thought in my life I would be able to meet, let alone like interview and have like forwards with my book too. So it's like just 
start taking action. That's the most important thing. So just start taking action towards something and you really never know where you'll end up. Mm. Yeah, I always think of you yes. when I feel like kind of stuck. Mm. Just take that step forward. Just keep love going. It. We love you. Thank you for love being you guys. here. You're the See best. You love you. <laughs> Sahara Rose, everybody. So excited for you guys to get your hands on her new book, Eat, mm. Feel Fresh. Um, it's a good one. And then you can check out what she's doing on her website and on her Instagram. She is, you know, one of our dear friends. So love her. So proud of her. She should be so proud of herself. Yes. Uh, wanted to read the review of the week. Five stars from lovely MB1206. That's my number. Wait, that is so weird. <laughs> you just said that the other week. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Um, I love this podcast and you will too. If you're in need of some encouragement, self-care, education, and some laughs, listen to this podcast. I started listening to Almost 30 when they did their first episode with Kelly Levesque and I just loved it. Lindsay and Krista are so genuine, sincere, truly inspiring, and uplifting to all of their listeners. I hope this review encourages many more listeners because I've shared it with so many women in my life, including my sister. As soon as I heard about the episode with Dr. Candace Birch, our lovely hormone mm, episode. Yeah. I convinced my sister to listen and she became equally obsessed with their podcast on this new day. When women are standing up, saying their truths, fighting against people who put us down, actually using self-care and creating a tribe around each other. These two embody all of that and more. I am so grateful to whatever positive energy that the universe sent me to find this podcast. And I can't wait to see what else is to come for these two wonderfully powerful women. What are you waiting for? Go listen. Huh? Uh, That's like a, we, we couldn't have written that better ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> that is a Whoa. call to action in a review. I'm pretty sure I met her in Austin. Really? Yeah. I, just, holler at me if we met in Austin because I kind of remember your story. Um, wow. Thank you so much. So cool. So thanks for writing those reviews. They're really important to us. Um, you know, if you love this podcast and you've gotten value from it, uh, it would mean a lot to us to go to iTunes and write a review. Mm-hmm. Keeps us on the charts. Keeps us getting great, great sponsors for you for us to get discount codes to. Um, keeps us on tour. All of the things. So really appreciate you uh, taking the time to write a review. We love you so much. Um, Okay, stay tuned for a new episode next Tuesday and Thursday. Um, And we love you. Oh, yeah, Vancouver's. Got two dates in Vancouver um, as they end of wrapping out the tour for 2018. So make sure to check the website for those two dates. Can't wait to see you there. Love you. Bye. Bye.